Hey, y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast, volume 100 something. And I love this one so much. Tremendous interview coming up. You guys are going to love it with Tom Allen, the head football coach for the Indiana Hoosiers. They had one of the landmark victories in program history on Saturday against the eighth ranked Penn State Nittany Lions and head coach James Franklin. Uh, it was an unbelievable game, unbelievable game. And the way it ended was equally unbelievable. I don't know. I'm not a historian on Indiana football, but it's certainly one of the biggest wins in program history. And you're going to be inspired and pumped up and love to hear what Coach Allen says about why he believes they won that game and what that game means to the program and the power of never losing belief and always preaching belief. It fired me up. Uh, I, I loved everything about it. And you guys will hear why on the backside of the interview. You're going to love it. But before we get to Coach Allen, and also, guys, also want to remind y'all real quick to check out Stupidity. My guy, Stu, will have y'all cracking up. Download and subscribe to Stupidity and Marty Smith's America wherever you get your podcast. All right, now it's time for my interview with Indiana head football coach Tom Allen. Buckle up. It's a good one. Coach, again, congratulations. First top 10 win since 1987 for that program and your first ever as a coach. And before we get into the weeds on how it all unfolded, and, and I do want to get into the weeds, kind of a, a play-by-play or drive-by-drive basis. I just want to start at the end. Uh, uh, your post-game experience with your team, that address that you gave your team after that win, it gave me chicken skin, man. Put me there. What's that moment like for you? hearing, I love you, coach. What's that tell you about what you're doing in Bloomington? Well, you know, just, just thinking about it brings, brings some tears to my eyes. It's just it's a strong emotion because, man, you, you put so much into this. But, but I, now I love these guys, man. I just – I know them well. We've recruited them. Uh, they believed in us by coming here when maybe some others didn't. You know, and and they decided to to buy in and and just all different forms of that, and and all that we asked them to do, all we've been through, um, you know. And you got 120 guys in that room that are football players, and you know, not every guy gets to play. Even. I mean, so it's like to be able to create uh, just a total buy-in of a group of guys, whatever your role is, as big or small as it might be. It's, and some of the guys, like their job that day was just to be the juice on the sideline. And they knew it going in. They were not going to play. and uh, But that was their job. And, and did, for them to be able to just passionately buy into that and, and know that you care more about them as a person than as a player. And, and that, to me, is the key. And that's what I, I believe so sure. And that's, that's sometimes so hard to do because we're so driven by results and winning games. And if a kid can help you win games, you do. But I, I just want so bad. I always want to build a program where every player knows they're loved and they're cared for because of who they are as a person, period. It has nothing to do with how many points they can score for you or how many tackles they can make for you. And, and I'm so committed to that. And I, and I care about that so much. I want these young men to become the men I believe they were created to be. That's my heart. And that's what I want for these, these guys. And so when you see them buy into that and, and, they, and they love you back, and they know you care about them, and they know that it's bigger than football. That makes it special. And when you get a chance to have a win like that with those very guys that have done all you've asked them to do and sacrificed so much, it's just – it's awesome. 
That's all he I is say. awesome. It's awesome. And I love to see, I can, I can see the emotion in your eyes. I can see the, the mistiness and, and the ultimate validation on that note in that moment for, from what I saw and in the videos I saw. I love nothing more than I believed. I was mocked. I was ridiculed. I got made fun of. People didn't believe me. They thought I'd lost my mind, but I believed. And I never stopped. And you hear one of your players say, that's why we love you. That's why we're here. That's the ultimate validation, not only, not only as a man, like you're, when you're trying to build something, but that's, that's deeper. Yeah. That's man to man, that type of statement. Yeah, well, and, and, and you're right. And that's why, you know, when they yelled it and you watch it and, you know, and that's the thing, you get in that moment, you, you don't even think about that it's being videoed. I mean, you're just, you don't, I mean, you, just, you, you forget, you just, you know, you're just sharing from the heart. You're just, just raw emotion coming out, you know? And so um, I just, I, I have watched them, you know, and, and just to seeing the guys, you know, passion in their eyes and, and just the emotion that they showed in there. And it's just, uh, it is, it's a neat, neat thing, you know, because it's just, uh, you know, living it out is so different than, you know, yeah, I can believe but they got to believe, you know, and as I said, guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it starts with me. I get that. But if they don't believe it goes nowhere, you know, and I say, it's always about what do you believe as a team and how do you perform? That's going to create the change at Indiana that I believed could happen. And I did. I, I believe that I believed this since the day I got here and, and that we can, that we can win here and do special things here. And so, and whether others do or don't or didn't or not, you know, that's, that's not, I don't, I don't, I really don't care about that. I don't focus on that. It's earmuffs and blinders. I say it all the time to our team. It's earmuffs and blinders. We block it all out, the good and the bad, and we just stay the course. And so that's what we've asked our guys to do and to see them buy into that and do that and then be rewarded for that with that kind of win, man, don't get better than that. When did you notice that they began to believe? You know, I thought it was last year, you know. Um, and I think that uh, when we finally started – seeing some of those close games turn to wins, you know, uh, during last year, uh, because, and I think some guys wanted to believe, uh, but you have to experience success. You, you have to, to live it. You have to be able to, you know, and talk about, Hey, cause everybody's since I've been here, how are you going to break through? How are you going to finish? How do you close the gap? How do you, you have these close games? How do you do? So it's about making critical plays at critical times. I mean, who steps up and makes that big play on third and whatever, or fourth or whatever, or to win the game, who's going to do that, you know, to, to change an outcome. We started doing that last year. And so, and, and they were on the road and, and to be able to, so then just start building and start building. And it starts, you know, the guys start being rewarded for all the little things we've asked them to do. Cause we, we demand a lot of them. And, and I'm, I'm such a huge detail guy about, about how we do things, how we do walkthroughs, and where they, they put their feet on is where we're going to What's my focus? All these different things we're trying to do. And I can go into that for hours, but, but you ask me all these things. And sometimes it's like, coach, why are we doing all this stuff? Well, you know what, when you have that slow success, this is why. So then it builds and then it builds. And then you get to the bowl game and yet we were, and we were so, so <laughs> close. I mean, yeah. everyone's seen that, you know, that, that, that thing. And so, so it was, it was good. It was like, man, you just, bam, you hit it again. And so then you got the whole offseason to deal with that. 
And that, that, that whole reality of, you know, once again, you're Muslim binder, you hear all the criticism, all this kind of stuff, but there's a lot of positive. I get that. But it's still, if it's on the inside, it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. So but it was, it was last year was when it really started. That's why when this season started unfolding, as far as the preparation and then all the pandemic starts happening, you're thinking, man, not with this group. We got such a special group that then the, then the season gets postponed, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of things have gone into from the last time we played, which was the bowl game, to the game we just played on Saturday against Penn State. By my math, in 1987, you were 17 years old. Uh, I was a senior. It was my senior year of high school. Senior year of high school, playing for your dad. We'll get to that in just a minute. Like, like I, that was a long time ago. And and fast forwarding all the way to 146 left in that game. Mm-hmm. All right, Penn State has the ball. What do you instruct your team to do? But we have a signal that uh, tells them to let the team, let the offense score, which is, you know, not what you want to do when you're a defensive coach. You, you hate giving up any points whatsoever, especially willingly. So we signal to our team. That's why if you notice when it's kind of, we kind of laughed about it, but when the running back crossed the goal line, our guys were like, they're giving Pumped a up. touchdown. Yeah. Team. They're like, they're Very counterintuitive. They know, they know that was our only chance, you know? So, so yeah, they were excited that they that they just scored, you know. So yeah, we have a signal for that, and and they uh, they executed it, and uh, uh, they scored and kicked the extra point. So yeah, that, that was what was going on at that time. So it's twenty eight twenty. Yeah, we got what like one forty left, something like that. You guys get the ball back. What are you saying to your team at that point? Hey, this is our opportunity. Let's go score goal. Because we know we got to score goal for two. So it was just I'm telling you that sideline was they were believing. They were, and 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 you have to just. I mean, we've, we've been through this. I mean, you go through and you have a lead, and then the lead goes away, and then you got. But hey, that's football. You got to play sixty minutes. And what I tell them is, you got to play sixty minutes and beyond. That's our mindset. And same thing happened in the Purdue game a year ago. You know, we had a lead, and, and then the lead went away, and then it goes to overtime, and then hey, here we go. And so there was an excitement on our sideline that hey, we got the football. Now I'll be honest with you. You know, we hadn't, we weren't playing real well on offense. You know, the series right before that wasn't very pretty you know it was sacks and pressure and all that stuff and so but this was our opportunity this was the window and uh, I just you, you preach it you teach it and now you gotta go have a chance to go live it out so I was fired up I believed in our offense and I believe Michael Penix and his talent and the receivers and our offensive line and our running backs and he just took the game over that's what I was going to say next. Uh, Penix got his head knocked off every single play of that last drive in regulation. What did you learn about your quarterback during that drive? Man, unbelievable toughness, unbelievable grit. And I, you know what? I think Michael Penix grew up in that situation. He hadn't been hit like that since I've been here, you know. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, I, I believe is a, a very tough kid. You know, he's battled through some injuries, things that he that have happened to him that just really kind of some freak things that have happened. And it's never been an issue of his toughness. But, you know, I'm sure people have said that because he's, you know, had, wasn't able to finish last year and then got hurt his first year, you know, as a freshman. So, you know, you got to be able to, you know, once again, you got to live it. You got you to prove it on the field. And he took some shots. And I tell you what, you know, that we, we, we watched it today, you know, with our team. You know, we have Sundays are off day for our players and Mondays are day back at it. And they uh, just, you can just hear it, man, just, seeing him get hit again and him just hop back up, not even faced, not even faced. He just kept sitting back in there and, and throwing darts, you know, so that, that just helps grow his confidence, their confidence. And that's what I learned that he's as tough as I thought he was. All right. So then we get to OT Penn state scores. You guys come back Penix to WAP 
laser from the far hash. That was a great throw, by the it way. It was a great throw. <laughs> All right, so then you decide to say, screw it. I'm yeah. tired of messing around with this. We're going to try to win the game. That is always a really seminal moment for a head coach, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm just going to go try – I'm tired of messing around with this. I'm going to try to win it. Why was that what you chose to do, and, and what did you say to your team there? Well, basically, um, started on, on the headsets. And so I'd made the decision, you know, after after they scored that touchdown, because you kind of see what, you know, if they have to kick a field goal, that's a little bit different mindset. But once they scored the touchdown and uh, kicked the extra point, I'm like, I'm thinking to my, okay, we're going to, you know, I didn't say anything to the coaches yet, but I'm like, I'm, we're going to go for two. And uh, I just, this is where we're at. So, you know, to me, you got the eighth team in the country, okay, at home. And obviously we have to score first, but when we score, the ball is going to be on the three yard line with one play to win the game. And we've been so close for so long. I'm thinking about the bowl game. I really am. I'm thinking about that. I'm like, Hey, we didn't finish it now. And it's haunting me for the last several months. I'm not going to let it happen again. Now we got to execute. I get that. Okay. But I made that my mind up. And I told the coach, I said, guys, when we score, I said, get a two point play ready again. And, and we had these conversations before, you know, weeks ago about, hey, you know, as we saw even in, the, in these last few weeks of games happening in overtimes and, you know, with the rule of once you get that third overtime, you got to go for two. And so it's like, hey, you better have a whole bunch of two-point plays ready as an offense. So we talked about that, prepared for that. And so I'm just like, hey, guys, we're going. Let's go. So what I said to the team was, as soon as we scored, I never even – we called timeout only just to make sure we had a chance to just get everything we, that we wanted. But there was no discussion at that point. And I went to every guy said – we're going to win this thing. We're going to win this thing. We got the ball on the three yard line. Let's finish. And we've been talking about finishing for, for years. So there you go. And then, you know, what happened? I do know what happened. And, and, you know, in Philadelphia, there are t-shirts and posters and it, oh, the Philly special. They're everywhere. I imagine in Bloomington, what is the name of the play? What's the name of the play that you called there? Well, you know what? Uh, you, basically, Penix wasn't supposed to run it. You know, it was just our triple mesh, you know, and uh, we call it railroad, you know, that railroad's the name of the play, you know, so there you go. Gonna there's going to be railroad t-shirts all over Bloomington yeah. now. There you go. And so that's, that's, he, he chose to, you know, he obviously has the ball in his hand, so that's always going to be a possibility, you know, so, but uh, yeah, railroad, baby. <laughs> Coach, that dude dove from the four yard line. I mean, yeah. what, what, what kind of put me in your shoes there. We see the ball hit the pylon, but you don't know if his knee, his chest, his side, whatever might be down. How are you watching that play? Well, you watching first of all, or are you watching a big screen? Well, no. So here's what happened. So the ball was towards our sideline. So he dives, goes flying off the field. I'm on the field, okay? I guess illegally, but I'm on the field. <laughs> and I'm trying to find the official because he's buried back in the crowd. And, and I couldn't see him yet. And, you know, they do the whole thing. They try and confirm, you know, where he's trying to find to see if everything. And so I see those hands go up. And that's when our players, you know, so I start just cheering, you know, because I saw the hands go up. And, uh, and but, I, you know, they're going to they're gonna review everything. Well, our players just start running on the field, you know, and just because, you know, but I knew it was obviously close. And so I, I'm screaming, get off. I'm trying to get them off the field, you know. And so, but no, it was, uh, I didn't even look to the, to the to the, the big board and the jumbotron. I'm looking right at the official and and he when he gave that signal, I was just and then from there you're just waiting, you know, and I'm just talking to our guys and and uh um what a it seemed like an eternity, 
you know, because you're watching it. Hey, is he really in? And he's out and different things. And it was obviously close. I mean, it, it was close. But once we knew they ruled touchdown, it was going to be tough to overturn that what, by the, what I saw. And when I saw the video replay, I'm like, oh, he's, he's in. You know, so but then they saw their players like, oh, he's not in. You know, so I guess <laughs> sure, of course, what perspective you you're viewing with. But uh, so yeah, what, but it was just, you never know. So then that we had the then we're in wait mode. So Travis, uh, Travis is showing me that the Reach T-shirts have already been made, but we got we got to have some railroad T-shirts made. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, yeah, so Reach. What is your overarching takeaway from what you and your team achieved Saturday? Like, what are you taking with you? Well, just belief. I mean, to me, that's, that's what I take. I just take that, you know, because you, like you said, once again, you talk about it, all right? You have to experience it. You have to live that. Before there's reality, there's a mentality. So it starts in your mind. I preach that all the time to this football team because ever since I got here, well, now that reality has taken place where that, that breakthrough win that we've the evaded us for so many years. You know, that's the first time since 1967, which is 53 years, we beat a top 10 team at home. Okay. Wow. I wasn't even born yet. All right. And so 87, we beat a top 10 team apparently on the road. And so, uh, but that's, that's what you're dealing with. So you're talking about something that hasn't happened here in a long, long time. So that when that reality happens, man, it just, just cements the belief. It just cements all the things you've talked about, about what you believe we can do here at Indiana, because we just did it. And so I just, man, I, I just, I couldn't be more fired up for this football team, because when, when you prepare for something like this, and you just over and over and over, and then you fall short, and you just don't blink, and you just keep believing, and then over, and then finally, the breakthrough occurs that you've been working hard so far to get. And then now you just got to, you know, take that confidence and that momentum and, and go back to work because to me, we're still one to know and uh, Rutgers is next. And that's all we're caring about right now. And they're one to know too. And they're one to know too. You know, when you're, when you're changing a culture, it's just such a difficult thing to, to do that. It's not an easy thing to instill that belief. And that's certainly the most difficult dynamic is having your belief penetrate the psyche of your kids. And yes, so congratulations. I mean, what an amazing moment. Before I get you out of here, I know you're prepared for Rutgers and you got better things to do, but how did playing for your dad at Newcastle High School shape you? Well, first of all, awesome experience. You know, I love my dad so much, and he's my hero. Uh, he's uh, the reason why I coach and do what I do, and, and his love for the game itself and his love for people. Um, he never used the phrase LEO, but that's how he lived his life, and that's how he coached. It was about relationships. It was about people. Uh, he had an amazing heart for others, a very empathetic person, always has been, um, kind, caring, uh, compassionate, and passionate, all wrapped up into one. And uh, so it was a great experience, you know, just being able to have that time together. You can't ever get that back. Um, but I tell you what, it's tough being a coach's kid. My own son plays for me here, and, yep. and uh, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of perks to it, but there's also a, a lot of, you know, the locker room can be hard, especially when you're young and you're trying to kind of, earn your identity and, and prove yourself that you're, you're there because, you know, of who you are and, and your value as a player, not because you're the coach's kid, you know? And, and so, but that, that part of it to me, and he was, dad was one of those, man, he made me earn it. Now I'm telling you, like, this is something simple back then. They used to always, when I was a sophomore, I was, I started on the varsity as a sophomore and I was the only one that started as a sophomore. And so all the, everybody else got their own cleats provided by the school. He made me buy my own because he wanted to make sure I knew that I earned that position. 
And, and that's the truth. I mean, he, that, that's how he, that's how, but that's how he approached it. You know, you're going to earn this thing and you're not going to get any favors because, you know, you're related to the guy in charge, you know? So, but uh, just an amazing opportunity to spend time together and shape my life and my future. And, and uh, just, uh, you know, blessed to be, you know, Tom Allen's son. I love what you said about time there, coach. You're right. It's our most precious resource and it's fleeting and you can't manufacture it and you can't corral it and you surely can't get it back. So no question. uh, What was that? You know, you talk about coaching your son. What was that moment like embracing him on the Uh, field Saturday? It was a beautiful thing to watch. Special, special. Cause he knows, he knows where we've gone. He knows the journey. He knows what it took to get here. And he's made a lot of sacrifices himself. You know, and uh, there was a period where we lived in seven states in 10 years uh, when I made the jump from high school to college. And he went to all three of our kids went to two different high schools. I went to multiple junior highs, multiple middle schools and or elementary schools and and uh, all that moving. That's that's not easy now. My wife, she's a she's a treasure now. I mean, she's I wouldn't be here without her and the good Lord above. And and uh, we're just a faith based family that, that loves each other first and foremost. And that's you know my love for the good Lord and my love for my family is is what I care about the most. So having Thomas out there when we beat the eighth team in the country was a special embrace. And he's a part of this thing. He works his tail off. He's overcome a lot of the, in his last uh, several months and, you know, he had a serious injury and he's back playing now. And so special time on that field together. I'm really blessed to be able to have him here with us. We'll get back to coach Allen in just a second, but first, and also guys, now let's get back to our interview with coach Allen. What'd you learn from Hugh Freeze? When you were with him at Ark State and Ole Miss, I tell you what, um, he was a guy that brought people together. You know, we think about this. You know, we're together at Lambeth University, and there's a lot of guys on this staff that have. They're we're all tied together in a lot of ways because I believe in hiring people that you know and you trust. So he hires me to Lambeth. I I'd coached college football for one year, and that was at Wabash College. I was assistant there and special teams coordinator and, and DB's coach. And he hires me as a defensive coordinator. And uh, we had success there. We won at a place that was, didn't have anything, you know. And so he – but he goes on and becomes offensive coordinator at Arkansas State. Well, when he left, it was, a, you know, there was a – my head coach leaves, you know, everything changes, right? And so I end up getting hired at Drake. Well, he goes – but he tells me when I leave, he said, he said, Tom, he's like, when I get a Division One job, I'm going to hire you. And um, I'm going to hire you back. And uh, so he left and went to be the OC at, at Arkansas State and got named head coach that next year. And he hired me back. And uh, we won. We won the conference there at Arkansas State. And, yeah, we uh, had a great season there. And we get the old Miss job, and he took me with him. He didn't have to. A lot of guys don't do that. You know, and I'm, I'm telling you that, that – I never forget that because I wasn't like I was on everybody's hot list. I mean, it, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of connections. I wasn't a long time college coach. I coached. Matter of fact, I get to Ole Miss and in my press conference, the guy asked me, he said, coach, you got to pinch yourself. He's like three years ago, you're coaching at Lambeth university. I mean, that's exactly the question I got, but I knew what he meant. He's like, you don't belong. I mean, but I'm like, Hey, you know, so Hugh Freeze believed in me and he he took all he took everybody from Arkansas State whether on the field or off the field he gave everybody an opportunity to come with him to Ole Miss that's not normal that's no. rare in this profession so that's what he taught me um, and uh, we we created a family atmosphere and there was a lot of love for each other there coaches players and and uh, that that to me is what made that those opportunities special and uh, I've never forgot that and you guys sure were successful uh, at Ole Miss uh, 
So then you go coach under Willie uh, at South Florida, and then you go back to Indiana. You go to Indiana, right? Kevin Wilson calls, hey, I want you to come there. Indiana born and raised. What was it like to get that call? Well, um, I tell you what, the opportunity to come home was really a big deal to me. Um, and, and I knew the history. You know, I knew the defense at that point. The offense was doing really well. Defense was really struggling. And, and uh, um, but, you know, my dad, like you said, I, we're close and, and uh, we were far apart, you know, living down in Mississippi and we were Tennessee, Arkansas, Florida, all the different states. And, you know, my dad's not getting any younger, my mom. And, and uh, so just a chance to be around my family. I've got, we got a big family and, and we're real close. And, and so um, I just was so excited. I never forget. I, I, I called my dad and, and I said, dad, I'm coming home. And he, he just started crying, you know, and, and so that was a neat, that was a neat thing, you know, and I, and I had no idea ever in a million years that I'd be the head coach one day. That was never part of never my thought, to be honest with you. I really, so, and so what was that call like? So, so, so coach Wilson leaves. Yep. And then Fred Glass calls you and says, you're the guy. Uh, it was, I was not expecting that at all. Totally caught off guard, you know, and, and uh, so and it happened fast and yeah, no, it was just not, not what I ever, you always think about where the next step is or whatever, this and that. And so it just kind of very uh, out of nowhere, you know? And so, but it's, it's been an unbelievable opportunity for sure. But I uh, uh, always appreciate Kevin Wilson for bringing me home. And I do appreciate him for doing that and believing in me. And I, he, you know, I was, that was my first chance to be at a big 10 DC was uh, the job he gave me here. I came, you know, my, my first division one DC's job was at, was at South Florida for one season, you know, and so uh, the success we had there defensively, you know, and prompted that opportunity. And so, but just appreciate Kevin Wilson believing in me. Well, I'm I'm very grateful for your time uh, and and insight, and thanks for sharing your path and the amazing amazing experience you had on Saturday. Uh, I would tell you to enjoy it, but I know you're a football coach, so you're probably already trying to forget it and move on down the road. And I've spent your whole Monday morning making you relive it. Uh, <laughs> I'm grateful, Coach. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Have an awesome day. You know, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with people. Guys, just I know you're listening and you can't see because we don't put this on YouTube or whatnot like a lot of podcasts do. Coach, Coach did not stop smiling that entire interview. He, he had a grin from ear to ear the entire time. And, and that – the grin is not only not, – not just because he shocked the world and beat the eighth-ranked team in the country and a, a team that I think has just so much potential in Penn State. People, I really like what they're doing. People were picking them to fit, possibly get in the playoffs. Like, this is a, yeah, a oh, legitimate team that they just beat. Oh, it's more than a, a legitimate team. And, and, and just as an aside, not to get off track, but it ain't getting no easier for – Coach Franklin this weekend. I know what Fighting Travis Rockholds <clears throat> make their way to Happy Valley. But the, the, the smile was the validation of the belief. And you heard him say that. And, and I love people who are so undaunted in, in building something the way that they know it has to be built with the knowledge that it might take a little time. Patience is so hard, especially in today's world when everything is instant gratification. And if you don't do it right now, it ain't good enough. And 
Coach Allen's been building this thing. 2017, 2018, 2019, you heard him say how much that bowl game setback haunted him and that that was actually the catalyst for the magic that we saw on Saturday. That was the catalyst that made him, when they scored that touchdown, which, again, I'm going to say it again, that was a great throw by Michael Penix. When they, when they score that touchdown, look, man, it's easy to sit here and say from our couches, of course you're going to go for two and try to win. But if you don't make it, it's another crushing blow. You, like being that close against Goliath can be a crushing blow. But man, when you slay Goliath, it's a seminal, it's a landmark transitional moment for the Indiana Hoosiers. I love just his conviction. And there was one video that, you know, their social media put out a bunch. And there was one at, while the review's going on, and he looks at uh, Penix and just goes, Whatever happens, we're together. Like, yeah. man, like, you could, I, he has me ready to run through a wall for it. Like, and, and, you can, you can see why the players were like, this is why we came. This has been such a unique year for me. And I, and one of the reasons is because I, for whatever reason, whether the Lord put me there or uh, subjected me to this, and I don't know why yet, I can't see the why, but I know I will eventually. I've now been around Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. I have them yet again this weekend against Notre Dame at home. Uh, been around Dabo Sweeney, who y'all know uh, I love the way that he leads his team, and the way, I love the way that he built his program. And it's when, when you have the level of self-confidence, if you're Jeff Collins, for example, and you're getting your doors blown off by the number one team in the country at halftime, and your message to that team is, I love you. I love you when you beat a team on a Friday night on national television. And I love you when you're getting blown out at home on a Saturday afternoon. My appreciation for you as human beings is never going to change. And that's why it's such a blessing for me to get to coach you. And then you come back and you hear Tom Allen in a moment of an historic victory for a program that has underachieved forever. Uh, I love you. <laughs> and I'm grateful to have this opportunity with you. Uh, it just really fills me up personally. And I know like a lot of people kind of uh, might consider that to be hokey or whatnot, but I, I, I couldn't care less if that's your perspective on it because I care about those things. And, and I've built a life on caring about other people. So it matters to me. And I was really appreciative that he shared that, that level of vulnerability with us. Watching that game Saturday night, it was great to have, you know, obviously I wanted cultural back. We all know the reason why it's for Ohio State. But Tom Allen in Indiana is the real reason why we all wanted college football because of that right there. Yep. And the only thing that it was missing, though, was to have the student body storm the field. Yep. That would have been a scene. It would have been a, a, an unbelievable scene. And, and I love that he – I am such a nerd about the, what they name college football plays. I love, that you, football I love plays. that you asked – I love that you asked that question because – I, when it has a cool name, it's it's so awesome. And now you know what that a name. they're going to be putting that on T-shirts now. No question. Uh, there 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 need to be there need to be railroad T-shirts in Bloomington, Indiana, for the rest of time because 
Look, I'm no historian about Indiana football by any stretch of the imagination. I remember two players ever. I remember Antoine Randall L. and I remember Anthony Thompson. That's it. And I remember Anthony Thompson because he had that mirrored shield that he wore as a running back. And I think he was even in the Heisman talk for a while. And Antoine Randall L. was Antoine Randall L. He played like 97 different positions and was just a straight dude. And so – that's what I know about Indiana football. Now, I'm sorry if you're a hardcore Indiana fan and you feel like I should know more. I, I probably that the fact that I know that off the top of my head is probably more than most people in the country know. I think the hardcore Indiana fans are okay if we don't know all their players because they got the win and their coaches on this podcast. I think they'll be able to forgive us. Well, I look, I'm I'm just so appreciative of his time. Y'all look, he had his um daily media, his his core media before us. And then he made, what, Travis, 20, 30, 25 minutes for us, whatever we, that we was? Asked, we asked for 20, and I think we pushed a little more. But, you know, Coach was just gracious to talk to us. And I saw I texted you yesterday, and I saw that you posted a quote tweet to one of the videos, and you were like, get me Coach. And I was yeah. like, that's, that's he's the perfect guest, you know. And it's just – I'm just so happy to have Big Ten football back. I know you are. Uh, we, we'll discuss that in a minute. I want to say one more thing about the interview – I did as I as I kind of studied Coach Allen's path to to where he is now, and you looked at he you look at the fact that I, I chose not to ask him about his collegiate experience. He went to a place called I think Maranatha Baptist University or Maranatha. But I'm, I'm, I look I I thought I'd heard of every school. I'd, I've not heard of that one, and I wondered why that was the right choice for him. But I just didn't want to keep him longer I did want to know about his experience with coach freeze because I knew that coach freeze Gus Malzahn and Hugh freeze are the, like the beacon for high school coaches everywhere because they were high school coaches and then 10 minutes later they're in the southeastern conference as head coaches and so you know they both went through Arkansas State to get there and so I wondered what coach freeze influence was on on coach Allen and I loved what he said um I loved how Coach Freeze brought him along. And, look, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, you can go ahead and book it because I think that Hugh Freeze is going to be back at a big-time Power 5 college football job soon. What he's doing at Liberty what he's doing at Liberty right now is something else. And uh, they're undefeated and they're blowing people out. And so uh, I think he's paid his penance. I think that, that um, – I think you'll see him back in the Power 5 soon. Um, but – Anyway, amazing interview with Coach Allen. Thanks so much uh, to, to, to him and to their staff for, for getting him for us. Travis, great job, as always. Yeah, shout out, to their, him and, shout out to their SID. I, I emailed them yesterday, and they probably got back to me within 20, 30 minutes and got it lined up. And, you know, those SIDs that get back and help us out are the – they're the, you know, I, said, I get the guests, but I need, I need the SID helping out. And so I send the email off to people, and they were gracious enough to help us out. Yeah, thanks so much to the, the Indiana staff for, for helping us out there with Coach Allen. And, and on that note, I just want to say a, a quick thank you to all the sports information staffs in every sport across the country. And the reason is because they work tirelessly, y'all. Tireless hours and, in a lot of ways, thankless hours in order to get us all the statistics, all the informational nuggets, all the – awesome human interest stories of these players and coaches that we're able to use on broadcasts, on, on all the, the studio programming, on Marty and McGee, 
on College Game Day, on Sports Center, you name it. They work so hard to get us that information because they want to promote how awesome their young men and women are and how awesome their coaches are and how great their universities are. And I saw something recently from my buddy Steve Kirshner, who is Roy Williams' right-hand man at the University of North Carolina. He is the, the Tar Heels men's basketball sports information director. And it's a, it's a lengthy thread and that, that Kirsch put out. And basically, it, was, it says this. In light of some recent industry layoffs, I saw it asked, what does an SID do for a college athletic department? Well, okay then, here's a list. <laughs> it is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's an eight-tweet thread. And some of the things on it are, communications duties, maintain historical archives, talking points, Talking points for public speaking, advise students and coaches on dealing with the media, confidant for the athletic director, coaches and student athletes, special award campaigns, media training, design graphics, produce short videos, academic related press releases, community service press releases, fan interaction, phone, email, postal, social, crisis communications specialist, creative director, write, edit, and design media guides, manage photo archives, regular season staffing for all home events, regular season travel for most away events, postseason travel travel to most events, write recaps for website, media lists, social, in-game social media, in-game statistics, coordinate interviews, coordinate media services at home events, manage the press box, issue media credentials, parking passes, media seating charts, photographer seating charts, advocate for the media, stadium PA, internal PA, weekly release, game notes, event preview stories, Cumulative season statistics, submit stat files to conference office and NCAA, coordinate interviews, non-event, nominate conference and national player of the week awards, coordinate media at practice, nominations for postseason awards, scouting for coaches, research for coaches for recruiting, graphics, letters, flyers, etc. produce game day programs, produce game day rosters and flip cards, facilitate TV broadcast coverage, meetings, producer liaison, walkthroughs, interviews, etc. Select photos to share with marketing, media, others. Write scripts for PA and marketing. Museum curators where applicable. Just that and oh, some other stuff I forgot. Best freaking job in the world. If you can't dunk it, hit a curveball, but love to spend your life telling stories about those who can. That's what sports information directors do, y'all. Guess what? They don't make enough money. Not even, not even remotely enough money for all of those things that they do to make guys like me great. So a huge thank you. And I'm, I'm glad that Kirsch put that, that tweet out because that was very educational for a lot of people who may not know the tireless effort that those folks put in. It is a grind. And, you know, guest booking is only as good as the people that you're reaching out to. And, you know. How about, let, let's discuss quickly how you reacted to having football back. Uh, so I, I think Friday night I was texting you like I'm just I was watching the uh, Wisconsin game which wasn't the best game but I didn't care man I had Big Ten football back and I was just excited and like quite honestly like going to bed Friday night it was the most excited I've ever been for a season opener I'm talking Urban Meyer's first year going to Lane Stadium for Ohio State Virginia Tech like that was the best Justin Fields all of those I was I was more excited 
this past Friday night. Because for how many weeks on this podcast did we talk about the fact that we didn't have Big Ten football? And so just, you know, who knows where the season's going to go, but I got to see them take the field at least for one game. He lived up to the billing, man. And we'll go from there, but, oh, man, Justin Fields. He can hoop, dude. That that vegan diet of his, whatever he's doing, just keep on that. That dude can hoop, man. It's a man. Look, it's going to be difficult for him. Like, with what Trevor Lawrence has already done, it's not going to be easy to surpass. But if he hoop balls like that, come on now. I don't care. I don't care how many games. It doesn't matter. Like, he's – he balled out there. And then, you know, I watched the game and to then take it in and also digest it a little more Sunday morning and I watched again a little more intently on actual, like, the plays and what's going on. Uh, one thing that I also want to say before we get out of here is our thoughts are with Jalen Waddle, the oh. tremendous, tremendous receiver and kick returner for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Jalen broke his ankle on the opening kickoff against Tennessee on Saturday and just, just you, 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 you hate to see that happen to a young man. You hate to see. And it was interesting. I was talking to Mac Brown, North Carolina's head coach. I had the NC State Carolina game on Saturday, and leading up to that game, Coach Brown was talking about why one reason that he got out of, of coaching in the first place when he left Texas and came to ESPN for for several years, and he couldn't handle. Coach Brown couldn't handle losing anymore. It was becoming unhealthy with the way that he was managing or mismanaging losing. But also, it was seeing young men's lives derailed and paths derailed by injury. And you just – I mean, Jay, like you – you, you Jalen's going to come back and he's going to be just, just amazing, okay? But what a special season he was having already. And what a great young man. And you just it, – it sickens us all when someone suffers a season-ending injury like that. Oh, yeah, I, I saw the – when it first went down, I had sent you a text because I knew that you were – I was driving at that time. And then when I saw the news, I called you just to give you a heads up. And it's – it was just awful to see him go down. It's awful to see any player go down, but – Man, selfishly, he's just such a fun player to watch. Sure and it, to, to lose him, um, it stinks. And, you know, well wishes to him to hopefully he gets better. And Praying get for you, bud. Uh, we're praying for him. And uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, we appreciate your, your passion and, and belief and loyalty in what we're trying to do here. So thank you for that. We're, we're so grateful for our law enforcement officials all over the country working hard to keep the community safe. Thank you to our first responders, firemen running into the fire, literally, to uh, and risking their own lives to save so many. And we're so grateful for the United States military, all branches. Thank you guys so much for the sacrifice you make to ensure that we have a free country to live in. We can walk out the front door every day and aspire to be whatever we want. I am so appreciative for that. Thank y'all. Have an amazing week. We appreciate you. We'll try to do better next week. This is Marty Smith's America. We'll see you next time around.